From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi, I'm Phil Wett, VK2ASD, WIA President, and this is the WIA National News for the week commencing 25th of May. Last weekend, as you probably all know, the WIA held its annual AGM, Open Forum and Conference Weekend, on Queensland's Sunshine Coast. Sunny, well, some of the time, the weekend started with the AGM, the Open Forum and the WIA dinner on the Saturday night, followed by local attractions like SeaWorld on the Sunday. One important function of the WIA's AGM is to give out our awards. And our highest award is life membership of the WIA. Life membership is by vote of all members present at the AGM and this year, unanimously, the meeting decided to award life membership to someone who has devoted a huge part of their life to amateur radio. In fact, the originator of this broadcast, Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Now, Graham actually is at the controls right now and probably not too keen I'm saying this, so let's hear something from the AGM meeting. Hello there, Graham. Hello, Graham. It's Robert. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Good. I've actually got Phil Waite here with me. He'd just like to have a word with you, if that's all right, Graham. Yeah, sure. And also, you're, um, there might be a couple of other people listening in. Okay. Yeah, hi, Graham. How are you? I'm good, Phil. Uh, is this if this drops out, because I've just heard that the, the battery, I, I haven't hung up. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's it's kind of breaking up a bit. So so we will keep it we will keep it fairly um, fairly brief, Graham. Um, Graham, we thought we'd give you a call um, yeah. because um, you've been a pretty integral part of what's going on in the WIA for an awful long time, and um, I've been on the receiving end of your emails and phone calls quite often asking me to contribute something which I've been very tardy in doing. Um, so, um, and I think you've just about got every, every membership, every category of award that we could possibly give out, haven't you, over the years? I reckon we have. Yeah, I reckon you probably have too. But there's one you haven't got, Graham. Right. And it's actually our most important award for the WIA. So, the, and we've had a bit of a chat here at the meeting and, and, and we, we just managed to get it across the line <laughs> at a vote that we should actually give you life membership of the WIA. Fully. <laughs> so you haven't got any choice now. You're going to be a member for life and you can't possibly get out of it. Uh, that's that's fantastic. So we really look. In all in all fairness, we we really in all seriousness, we really do appreciate the work you've put in um, over the years. I can't imagine how you've possibly done it, Graham, for so long, and and how you've you've managed to keep that broadcast um, going week after week after week. It's like it must be like feeding a monster on Sundays. I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be. So. Uh, we'd just like to express our, our really sincere thanks for everything you've done for so long. I don't know whether you heard that, but everybody clapped. I, I did. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks very much, Graham. You can go and charge your battery now. <laughs> thanks very much.
Thanks, thanks, Graham. Bye-bye. I'm sure you'll all agree that Graham was a great choice, even though his mobile phone was a bit dodgy. After the AGM, then the AGM's usually a pretty short affair, we moved to the Open Forum. The Open Forum is where reports are presented from each of the WIA functional committees, and then the meeting is thrown over to a general question and answer time from the members. Those Open Forum reports can be downloaded from the WIA website. But the first item in the Open Forum is the presentation of the other WIA awards. Chris Jones, VK2ZDD, had a major influence on the formation of the WIA and, as most of us know, was a larger-than-life character. This year, Mark Hillman, VK3OHM, was awarded the Chris Jones Award for his 18 months of hard work on the new online awards system. Mark would also like us to acknowledge the work of Bob, VK3SX, and Robert, VK3DN, and Robert's son, Tim, who were also instrumental in bringing the award system to fruition. Bob tells us that that award will take pride of place on the mantelpiece at his QTH. A number of other important award presentations are made during the Open Forum. The Higginbotham Award was presented to John Jackson, VK3DBB, for many years of service on the Publications Committee, and in particular his work in compiling the annual index and collating an index of all issues of Amateur Radio magazine. The Ron Wilkinson Achievement Award was presented to Alan Devlin, VK3XPD, for achieving multiple microwave distance awards for sharing knowledge and teaching at both clubs and Gibbs Tech, and for his contribution to WIA publications and for nurturing amateur radio technical development. He's been busy. The Amateur Radio Technical Award for the best technical article published in Amateur Radio in 2013 was presented to Graham Burns, VK3XDK, for his article titled Transverter Systems in the December 2013 edition of AR Magazine. The Al Shawsmith Award for the best non-technical article published in Amateur Radio magazine was awarded to Stephen Warrillow, VK3SN, for his article titled The Overland Track, HFQRP in the VK7 World Heritage Wilderness. After those major awards, we moved to President's Commendations and they went to Richard Savini, VK2AAH for repeater coordination, Jason, VK2LAW as National News Reader over many years and also his work with his affiliated club, Mal, VK2YVA for leadership in amateur radio at a club level, Felix, who we all know well from this broadcast, VK4FUQ, who has been an announcer on the WIA National News for many years, Rick, VK4HF for restoration of the Armadale and District AR Radio Club, Jeff, VK4ZPP, as a VK4 newsreader over many years on this news, and Joseph, VK7JG, for construction and maintenance of Tasmanian remote area repeaters and beacons. Apparently Joseph walks in uh, for quite some time into wilderness areas carrying all the repeater bits and pieces in a, in a backpack, so he definitely deserves a, a commendation for that. And finally, the VK9NA group for the VK9D expedition in 2010 and 2011. Following the presentation of awards, the open forum is thrown over to a discussion between the members present and the WIA board, and there's lots of good information comes up. Uh, members tell us what they think we're doing well, they tell us what, what they think we're not doing so well, 
And those comments are reviewed over the next few months and they go towards the formation of WIA policy in the future. The afternoon is spent in conference sessions and there were some very good sessions this year. And then following the conferences, there's the dinner on the Saturday night. Everybody had a good time. I think, judging from everybody's comments, it uh, went down very well. There was lots of good food and lots of good wine, and we're looking very much to doing the same thing again next year. So hopefully we can see you all there. We'd like to thank um, Sars and the members of the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club for putting on a good show, in particular um, Trent, VK4TS, and Lorraine, and Club President Richard, VK4RY, and all the members of the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, for the WIA. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Well, it's Graham, VK4BB, back in front of the microphone. Thanks, Phil, and thanks to everybody at that WIA AGM for the honour bestowed. OK, down to the news and ITAR restrictions on US radio amateurs to be eased. The ITAR? It's the International Traffic in Arms Regulations, which inexplicably applies to amateur radio satellites. It threatens USA radio hams with jail terms or six-figure fines if they cooperate with amateurs outside the USA on satellite projects. Among the projects already affected by ITAR has been the New Zealand amateur radio satellite KiwiSat. A 2009 IARU Region 3 report highlights that ITAR, their requirements made AMSAT North America, direct its members to cease cooperation with AMSAT ZL in the development of KiwiSat. Satellite Today reports that after 15 years of restrictions and intense scrutiny, the United States Department of State is reclassifying satellites and several related components so they will no longer be treated as weapons. Australian telco Telstra has confirmed its plans to pour over $100 million to get a public Wi-Fi network up and running by 2015. The plan announced by Telstra's chief executive, David Thirty will see the telco install up to 8,000 new wireless hotspots as it seeks to connect customers to 2 million Wi-Fi hotspots across Australia. 3D or not 3D? By the end of this month, there's only a few days to go, 3D printing studios will have three stores open dedicated to the technology with plans to open up to 30 within two years if franchise partners can be found. CRN reports that the company plans to add to its existing store in The Rock, Sydney CBD, with a Parramatta store opening, followed by a Fremantle store opening on May 30. The stores do design services as well as print readiness finishing and basic printing services, along with 3D. Last weekend, the 17th and 18th of May, the CRARC conducted another foundation course, Following that course, assessments were carried out and CRARC are pleased to say the following candidates were successful. Justin Craig, Ros Kelly, Barnaby DeCruz, Felix Barblett and Martin Fu. We certainly look forward to hearing them on air in about four or five weeks following the issue of their licence. What use is an F call? Every day, amateur radio adds a little something to my life in fun and unexpected ways. 
I know that's a big call, but it's true. This morning, whilst preparing to participate in a contest, I was looking for a map that shows which direction to point an antenna in order to have the best chance of your signal ending up where you intend. Over the past few years, I've seen lots of maps around, but none of them really did what I wanted from them, namely be readable, helpful, and contain specific amateur radio information. I've got a wonderful ham radio map on my wall, and it contains many useful bits of amateur radio information. Soon, it will have pins on it for every country I've contacted, but it doesn't contain things like beam headings or ITU zones. So, I googled my way around the net and found a great circle mapper, It's intended for flying, that is, if you want to fly from this airport to that one, what heading and distance is it? Funnily enough, those two numbers are pretty useful for amateur radio too. Now I have a much better understanding on which way is Europe, what direction Dallas, Texas is, and what heading I'll manage to contact Cape Town and why, when I did, I made a QRP contact with Marin Island on the way. Amateur radio blows me away every day. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the Sunshine Coast, it's relayed on 146.825 and 146.850 at 9am. I'm Gordon, VK4 VP. International News with thanks to the IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. In Marsat, the global mobile satellite provider says it will offer free basic tracking services for planes flying over oceans. This in the hope of preventing another incident like the loss of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 in late March. The company says that the service is being offered to all 11,000 commercial passenger aircraft already equipped with an Inmarsat satellite connection. This accounts for most of the world's long-haul commercial fleet. The first South African Radio League Radio Technology in Action Symposium will be held at the University of KwaZulu-Natal on Saturday the 21st of June. The program features a great variety of subjects of interest to radio amateurs and electronic enthusiasts with a number of presentations to be supported by practical demonstrations. The full program and registration form are now available at sarl.org.za. Simply select the Radio Technology in Action link on the left-hand side of the home page. The American Amateur Radio Relay League was formed on 18th of May 1914, exactly 100 years ago last Sunday. By coincidence, Sunday was the final day of the Dayton Hamvention, where ARRL President Kay Craigie, N3KN, and Chief Executive Officer David Sumner, K1ZZ, hosted a party complete with cake to wish the ARRL a happy 100th birthday. Kicksat, the Kickstarter-funded amateur satellite project, has re-entered and burnt up in the Earth's atmosphere without releasing its payload of Sprite microsatellites. The satellite suffered an unexpected computer glitch on the 30th of April that caused the deployment countdown timer to reset. It proved impossible to correct the problem, meaning the timer did not trigger in time to release the 100-plus Sprites before re-entry. CQ Magazine has announced its 2014 Hall of Fame inductees, adding two members each to the CQ DX and Contest Halls of Fame, as well as eight new members to the CQ Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. 
Among those named are John Huntoon, W1RW, the former ARRL general manager, QST editor, and the person who helped to bring about international allocation of the 30, 17, and 12-meter bands. Also included is Steve Wozniak, XWV6VLY and XWA6BND, the co-founder of Apple Computers. The complete list of inductees is far too long to be presented in this audio newscast, but it will be available in its entirety in this week's printed Amateur Radio Newsline report. A new commercial video service called the High Definition Earth Viewing, or HDEV, was launched to the International Space Station on April 18th on board the SpaceX Dragon resupply mission. The set of four high-definition video cameras are now operational after being installed on the external payload facility of the Columbus module. The cameras and electronics are enclosed in a pressurized box to provide protection to the equipment from the harsh environment of space. This is not the ham TV experiment, and your screen will appear black when the ISS is in its orbital night. You can see the new live ISS video feed anytime at tinyurl.com slash ISS hyphen two hyphen Earth. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. Now here's one designed to get your head in a bit of a spin. This week saw the 40th anniversary of the Rubik Cube. The original, the 3x3x3 Rubik Cube, had 8 corners and 12 edges. There are 40,320 ways to arrange the corner cubes. 7 can be orientated independently, and the orientation of the 8th depends on the preceding 7, giving 2,187 possibilities. There are something like 2,390 million ways to arrange the edges, since an even permutation of the corners implies on even permutation of the edges as well. When arrangements of centres are also permitted, the rule is that the combined arrangements of corners, edges and centres must be an even permutation. Eleven edges can be flipped independently with the flip of the twelfth depending on the preceding ones, giving another 2,048 possibilities. And the total is approximately 43 quintillion. That's right, 43 quintillion. The puzzle is often advertised as having billions of positions, as the larger numbers are unfamiliar to many. To put this into perspective, if one had as many standard size Rubik cubes as there are permutations, one could cover the Earth's surface 275 times in depth. VK4F, VK4SKDB. VK3, Mike Juliet Radio. VK2, ERB. VK2, ESK, Theo at Southbrook. VK7F, WJA. 
Mike. Operational News. I'm Felix VK for a few Q. Dateline 2014. SGARS 80m Trophy Contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day DRD Contest, August 16 and 17. Manly Ringer Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, 9 days from September 28. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Air Device. VU4K Operations from Andaman and Nicobat approved for DXCC. Bill Moore, NC1L at the AWL Awards desk says that the 2014 VU4K operations from the Andaman and Nicobar Islands operations have been approved for DXCC credit. If you work this operation, you can put in for a credit as soon as your card arrives at your QDH. The new beacon in Southern Tasmania at Grid Square QE37 with the call sign VK7RST is slightly higher power than originally reported. 25 watts and it is CW modulated, not FSK anymore. It is co-located with the VK7RST 6m beacon on 50.297 MHz and the CW king is common to the two beacons. The antennas are omnidirectional and horizontally polarised. TM70BBC, commemorating the 70th anniversary of the landing of Allied forces in Normandy. This special event station will be active from the 3rd of June to the 13th of June. Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the land happens this Tuesday evening, May the 27th from 7.30pm on the Townsville UHF repeater. The Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net is open to young and old, YLROM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to get on the net as a second operator. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Winningham. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Special Interest Group News and Media Watch, beginning with Media Watch Inside Room 40, The Codebreakers of World War One, a book by Paul Gannon. Many hams are familiar with the code-breaking efforts of Bletchley Park during World War II. However, few are aware of the British code-breaking efforts during World War I. Inside Room 40 sets out to explain the activities of the British code-breakers and their successors during the 1914-1918 World War. Inside Room 40 is based on previously secret files, which bring to life the hidden history of the British code-breakers, from the very earliest like of capturing a German naval codebook from a hapless German cruiser, which ran aground in August 1914, through to the deciphering of the famous Zimmermann telegraph that brought the United States into the First World War, it's all chronicled here. There are even details of the efforts of a few British radio amateurs who established a receiving system so sensitive that it picked up messages the Germans believed couldn't be overheard, so didn't even encode them. As coding technology developed, so did Room 40, such that by war's end, they were reading the messages used by German warships, U-boats and naval zeppelins, and breaking the ciphers used by the Germans to communicate with their naval attachés and embassies around the world. Inside Room 40 also details the methods used in code breaking, along with the early tabulating machines that were the forerunners of the Colossus computer famously used at Bletchley, to break German codes in World War II. For those who are unaware of the huge contribution made to the war effort by the code breakers of Room 40, this hardback book is a revelation. Inside Room 40, authored by Paul Gannon, provides a detailed and comprehensive view of this little-known area of World War I history. 
to Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ARDF. And TARC does, ARDF, if you are in the vicinity of the Townsville region on Sunday, June 21st and want to get involved in a fox hunt, then Tony VK4TJS wants to hear from you. A fox hunt will start at a secret location from 1pm, but to play you must have your attendance numbers in by the 19th for the fox hunt. There will be activities for all family members to participate in during the fox hunt, and things will end up with some in-flight catering. To cater for the event, Tony needs to know your attendance numbers. So who do you have to call? Tony VK4TJS, of course. Here's a quick one from Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. New Ham Radio Digital Mode, the ROS software FHSS mode, is a new HF digital mode based on FHSS CDMA. It uses 16 different CDMA codes with 1.8 seconds per hop, and every transmission uses a different CDMA code randomly chosen. To Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, AMSAT FOX-1 launch delayed to 2015. The launch of AMSAT's FOX-1 ham radio satellite will now take place in 2015. FOX-1 was originally manifested to be carried to orbit by the Vandenberg AFB this December, but due to what is being termed as governmental priorities, FOX-1 will likely launch in the summer of 2015. This delay is mixed news for AMSAT. While it's disappointed that this will keep FOX-1 reaching space this year, it also means that the organisation has more time to complete and test the spacecraft prior to delivery. AMSAT says that in the overall scheme of things, the delay allows it to have greater confidence in the delivery of a thoroughly tested spacecraft by taking more time to allow for unforeseen contingencies and to do more ground testing. To Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio. Belgrade, Serbia. The hoarse but calm voice of rescuers is coming from a small device. They tell each other which parts of town need to be visited, who needs to be evacuated, and by what means. Although the floodwaters have receded, the tragedy is continuing, as is the fight to save human lives. Heard via recordings aired on Al Jazeera was traffic such as... I've been trying to send you an ambulance. That is what people need. Wasn't it agreed that we'd get transported by tractor? A tractor won't do, as this lady's in such a condition that it's not possible. The ambulance cannot approach. It has to be a tractor. Did you hear that you need to pick up a woman with six children? That's the type of messages handled by hams in Serbia as I speak. Nenad Saparovic is a member of the Radio Amateur Union of Serbia. Having listened to conversations of professional rescuers via radio, Saparovic and other union members headed for one of the worst-hit towns to help ease communication between rescuers and crisis staff. These radio amateurs transmit pieces of information received from crisis staff, such as who needs to be evacuated from flooded houses and apartments, and how. Another great example of amateur radio helping the community. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. Today on National News, we'll take a look at Rewind. And to commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Here's a summary of another one of those. Those who have been around in amateur radio or communication fields for 40 or more years will know the name Howard Kingsley Love. In February of 1915, he joined the AIF as a 19-year-old, giving his trade or calling as electrical engineer. A letter dated April 23, 1918, stated that Lieutenant Love was missing. He was later found a prisoner of war in Germany. After the war, he was one of the early experimenters to be licensed, and he was a great friend of Russ Hull, one of Australia's foremost experimenters. 
They teamed up as editors of a new magazine, The Radio Experimenter and Broadcaster, published in Melbourne from December of 1923. Proclaimed as the official organ of the Wireless Institute of Australia, the editors in June 1924 called for accuracy in claiming long-distance achievements and wanted the WIA to act immediately. The editors also addressed opening up the short wave bands and the need for radio amateurs to retain their frequencies as the commercial wireless world awoke to the possibilities. The magazine reported on the first Australian wireless convention held in conjunction with the Melbourne Town Hall exhibition on May 24, 1924. This was the first official meeting of the individual state WIA organisations on their way to forming a federated organisation. In 1929, the RAAF Wireless Wing was established, initiated by Howard under the auspices of the WIA. Kingsley Radio, managed by HK Love, was involved in cutting-edge technology. During 1938, the RAAF saw supply difficulties and contracted it to mass-produce a general-purpose receiver, the AR-7. Kingsley Radio closed in 1948 after Howard's sudden death. Howard Kingsley Love, Victor Kilo 3KU, a man of great drive, leadership, enthusiasm and skill, was sadly lost to Australia. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au Alrighty, that's it. The end of another WIA National News. The second one for this brand new WIA year. On the social scene in June, June 7 and 9 in VK2, it's the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's field day at Port Macquarie, and June 7 to 9 in VK5, South East Radio Group's 50th Annual Convention and the Australian Fox Hunting Championship. Till we meet again, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.